to be the world champion with a body like that. I am Johnny freaking wrestling. And that's the bottom line. And now, your world podcast champions. There you go, new intro, Travis. Got me going a little more. I love it. Did is, I didn't hear it on my side of things, but did you get rid of the burn it down part? I did. I replaced it with a little bit of Judas from Fozzie. Oh, a tiny you. bit. I need to probably record a little more so we can talk over it a little more. But yep, it is what it is. What's up, Travis? Oh, not too much. What's going on, Rami Jammy? Same old, same old. Just got back from the gym. It's sleeting outside. Good old Oklahoma weather. Oh, yeah, we go from 66 degrees yesterday to 29 today. Man, that's it's like Enzo's career. Um, damn. I know. It's it's at a high and then <laughs> dips down to a freaking freezing low. Yep. So that's a good comparison. That was good. Yep, off the cuff. You know why? Because I'm awake. And we are doing this on Saturday instead of Sunday, so I still have to work tonight, so I still have some energy left. You definitely get a little bit more than me, but that's why during this broadcast at some point in time, nobody will know exactly when, but I'll be putting on a pot of coffee so I can wake myself well, up. <laughs> I had a pre-workout, so I already got that in me. Got a lot of I things in me. <laughs> well, I had the workout, just didn't have the pre-workout. Oh, yeah. Well, I consider mine pretty much coffee. It's a pre-workout. So, wrestling time. What's going on this week? So much stuff. And not enough stuff, honestly. <laughs> All at once. <laughs> well, and we've got we've got a little bit of a week to catch up on. So I mean, there's yeah, been, that's true. We get to talk about the Royal Rumble. We get to talk about NXT Takeover. We get to talk about the Fallout. You know, we get we got a lot of stuff that we can we can go over. So I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Ring of Honor and New Japan had some great news for both companies over the last 24 hours. So oh yeah, what was that? Uh, well, for one, I'll start with Ring of Honor. Uh, Tennille Dashwood, who, if y'all don't mm-hmm. recognize that name, is also known as Emma in WWE, made her debut in Ring of Honor last night and has entered herself into the 16-woman tournament to crown the first-ever Women of Honor Championship. Ooh. So uh, she will be competing in that tournament. Debuted in a tag match last night. So. I'm happy that she's in Ring of Honor. I'm extremely happy that she's back out and that she's getting some type of exposure still. Um, I mean, I, I I was somebody who was on the Emma train and really thought that she had so much potential with the heel gimmick that they just, for whatever reason, you know, and, and we were just as shocked as anybody else. We broadcast it right here on the podcast. Yep. Literally, as soon as I found out, it was just minutes after it was announced, uh, publicly that it might have been released. So it was, I think it was at the very end of our show, wasn't it? It was exactly at the very end of our show because I, I got the alert on my phone and didn't believe it. And mm-hmm. so I went into I went into my uh, I guess what would be the uh Kiss mode. Well, uh, what I guess not sports writers, but um, journalists. There we go. <laughs> I kept trying to think of what it was called. I went into journalist mode for a second. And immediately went to look and see if this was legit. And sure enough, yep, it was it was right there. Yeah. So it was it was a sad day. I was sad to see her leave WWE, and a lot of people were shocked that she got released. But 
Um, I'm glad that she's still out doing stuff. She's She's got a lot of talent. I think she'll do just fine in Ring of Honor. And it wouldn't surprise me if they make her the first WOH champion. So, And then with the New Japan front, uh, mm-hmm. over the last 12 hours, I want to say, there was a huge match announced for the upcoming uh, USA show in Long Beach for Strong Style Evolved is what the show is called. Um, mm. A legend versus legend match. First time ever, apparently, which this is unbelievable to me that this is the first time ever. I thought they yeah. did one time in WCW. But the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger will go one-on-one with Rey Mysterio. Oh. So. It'll it's it's gonna happen for New Japan and it'll be the first time apparently according to Rey Mysterio himself mm-hmm. that this is the first time they've ever actually met in the ring. I don't know if this is the first time Ray has competed for New Japan or not. I want to say so, but don't hold me to that. I could. Is be Ray wrong. ever gonna come back? You know, um, they said they were extremely close to reaching a, a deal. The problem between the two sides was that. WWE wanted Ray to work a full-time schedule, schedule yeah. and he just he doesn't he didn't want to work that schedule because he doesn't feel his body is um, would hold up under the full-time schedule. And to be honest, I'm kind of on Ray's side on this one. Plus, the guy's in probably in his 40s or 50s now. He's just as a name as anybody else. Oh, definitely. You know, that's that's come in WWE, and I think he if he wanted the part-time schedule like what Jericho does, things like that. He should he should get it. That's you what know? I was thinking. They, they I mean I'm surprised they wouldn't give him that, or maybe they just maybe they just didn't offer it. I guess I don't know. I don't know, but uh, according to the last talks, Ray Ray himself was very optimistic with WWE. He said he he missed it. He loved doing the cameo spot, and he was in great shape for the Rumble. Yeah, FYI. people kept saying they saw his like uh, knees buckle and stuff. They they turned, whatever they turned, he was on. People point. kept saying they turned the camera away when his knees were buckling. I was like, I didn't notice that at all. I didn't notice a single misstep from Rey Mysterio. As a matter of fact, I think he looked just as good then as he did when he very first entered the company yeah, in he 2002. Looks, he's in great shape, honestly. I've I've been following him in a while, and I was like, man. And it's not, you know, I was never a big fan back in the day, but something about him coming back excited, it was awesome to excited see me a little bit, yeah. So I mean, and and as a while we're talking briefly, real quick about the Rumble, I'm sure we'll get more into it later. But um, that little spot that they had near the end of the Rumble where they had the six guys remaining and they had the line divided. And that's basically. what I, I literally called that lineup, too. That's so funny. And that was cool, though, because, I mean, to think about it, uh, as you and me both could attest to this, we, that was, this is our generation for the most part. We, we grew up in the sad, attitude. Though, because they, shouldn't keep, they, they keep doing this instead of pushing new guys and you know whatever. They have to keep bringing new old stars back. Am I right or wrong? Well, no, what I, what I meant by that was that we, yes, grew up during the Attitude Era, and then we get into the, the ruthless aggression phase. To see Orton, Mysterio, and Cena next to each other. Yeah, that was To exciting. think that, well, I mean, yeah, we're looking, two of those guys we saw literally start at the very bottom and they where they're at now. Rey Mysterio, of course, I've watched since his WCW days. So to see that kind of line divide section there where you had, um, Balor, Nakamura, and I think it was Elias. Was Elias one of the six? It was one of the six. No, I, no, I can't I don't think so. I can't. I can't remember who the third guy was. So. It was. I re- yeah, I forgot. I, I do too. I've, I've, I'm I have it on my little status on Twitter. I don't remember. It was. It was cool to see that though. Yeah. Like oh, I, oh, I, oh, yeah. 
I thought that was a really cool moment to see kind of that, that line in the sand divide between those two types of generations, you know? So, uh, Reigns, I'm sorry. I don't – why the – where oh, the yeah. hell did I get <laughs> forgot Roman Reigns. I just thought you already had yeah. said him. That was, okay, it was my fault too then. I, I, we both were like, huh? And then it was Reigns, Nakamura, and Balor. So, I mean, it was pretty cool to see that. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And apparently from what Ray said, he said that talks were – were initially not as as good as they were then and, and later on in an interview that he had earlier this week he's he's very optimistic that uh, the a return to WWE will happen here soon it just he said the right the right pieces haven't fallen into place yet mm-hmm. and we're still working out the finer details but he's 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 pretty confident he'll come back so, so I want to run through a couple news rumors things we don't need to do that as much as we used to so and I was talking on Twitter recently, and I was uh, at WWE Ramsey, if you want to talk to me. I was talking on Twitter, and um, I was saying how Ty Dillinger and a couple other guys... So basically this came up because I was saying how Rusev is getting so many chants, and I want to get back to that in a minute. But Ty Dillinger... Uh, so WWE is reporting... Or, or sorry, a lot of um, websites are reporting uh, that, according to a salary, according to Dave Meltzer, your boy... Uh, one of the reasons WB has kept Ty Dillinger appearances on SmackDown to a minimum is because people keep constantly chanting 10, you know, when he's not even out there. And I guess he's not actually uh, wanting anybody over backstage and not impressing anybody. So I thought that was pretty interesting considering I thought when he came to SmackDown, he was going to be something great. What do you think? I, I'm kind of on your side there. It, it baffles me to this day why WWE would actually go out of their way to essentially halt any kind of momentum that anybody gets. You would think that if it. there's a, <laughs> you would think there's a guy, if a guy's getting a reaction. Exactly. I mean, this, that's, a, that's a confusing, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's confusing for guys like you and me who, again, going back to the fact that we grew up in the attitude era where it was not necessarily no holds barred, but it was like, Hey, if you're getting a reaction from the crowd, hey, yep. then more than likely you're going to be a focal point of the show. From exactly. That and now it almost seems like it's bass backwards. If, it's you a, do, yeah. if, if you do anything to try to get yourself over without the WWE's consent, it's almost like a plague to you for doing so. And it, what's weird to me is, okay, there's, well, the report is, you know, key people backstage are not impressed with him. Okay, I'm not sure what they're not impressed with. He's not bad in the ring. He definitely nope. can co- to talk better on the mic than half of the guys they want to push. Sure. So I'm so confused why you're not impressed with the guy. It's, it's, I mean, I swear, it all comes down to politics. So basically, oh, in my WB stat, my, my little status on Twitter, I put like, um, um, oh, he did have it up. I just basically put, you know, when, when fans are chanting Rusev Day on every segment or over segments that have nothing to do with them, that's when you have a guy that's over. That's when you strike when the iron's hot. And I feel like... Whether you're Rusev, whether you're Finn Balor, whether you're Ty Dillinger, whether you're Matt Hardy, all these guys, they keep waiting too long to push them, and they've already died down by the time they push them. Am I right or wrong? Well, no, because actually I started thinking something similar to this myself not too long ago because it makes it makes exact sense of what you're talking about because it seems like it's, it's almost like WWE's way of trolling people. Yeah, exactly. The only problem is with the way that they do it is they, like you're saying, they strike when the iron is no longer hot and you're just making a dent. You're not really shaping anything at that point. Exactly, and because they're already kind of like, you know, the momentum's gone. Yep. Like 
And, and it makes absolutely zero sense as to why you would wait so long to capitalize on momentum when it's right there in front of you. You know, I mean, but that was the same, that was the same complaint with, uh, with Daniel Bryan, you know, that's, Yo, why we, that's what I should include in my thing. I said in there, Bryan too. And it was well, true. I mean, think about it. We, but luckily Brian had enough backing or he still was crazy over. Oh yeah. Well, and I think it got to the point and this kind of goes with the Rusev chance and the Rusev day thing uh, going now, who would have guessed? Cause yeah, I, I know. certainly wouldn't. I love who it. Who would have thought? A Rusev Day thing would have become the most popular thing going at the moment. I know, and that's the crazy part is I'm pretty sure it wasn't really planned. It like was just no, some like I little thing that because you know they have so many things they say in uh, little segments backstage. You know, if one thing catches on, got, you know, getting these hands, whatever Braun Strowman's thing is now, there's so many um, things that they probably didn't really think would be popular and gets popular. That's how you make it organic to an extent. You know, I just. Exactly. And I get, it pisses me off every time we have a guy that's getting over. They do not push him. They like they like want to finish this three four month storyline they have with you know with Randy Orton or whatever instead of pushing the new guy or the newer guy or whatever. You know. Yeah. The same can be said for freaking Cesaro. Do you know, remember how much the crowd reaction he used to get? Oh man. God, I mean, it's a, it really boggles my freaking mind. I wish I wish we could answer some of these questions in regards to what WWE's thinking is and what their mentality is when it comes to their wrestlers and their stars. I know. You know, the the problem is and, and we've had several different top guys come out before. Um, and you know, as a matter of fact, and I'll bring this up even more, so just if you can remind me a little bit later, Cody Rhodes made somewhat of a mention about this on Twitter himself earlier this week. Um, but it almost seems like we see certain top guys after a while they come out and they're like well that's not i mean if you're reading about how you know vince isn't a fan of so-and-so or triple h isn't a fan of so-and-so and this is why they're not doing this this is why they're not doing that yeah more than likely you're you're reading something that's just not true so then yeah. it comes down to okay are we are we as fans being a little too fickle and is is what we're thinking is it true untrue are we jumping the gun a little bit too much are they trying to uh see what can come from it you know like there's so many unanswered questions to whether or not wwe is just that much hating on things that come over organically or if they're really just pissed off that they didn't do it themselves or whatever the case may be yeah, I, mean, I don't know it's i i can come up with i can come up with so many guys off the head that were that would you know at one point were getting such reaction on the crowd whether it's a face or a heel and they never you know even didn't I mean Finn Balor alone is one guy that I know could have been like triple popular as he is right now yeah but they kind oh, of yeah. wore, they kind of wore him down a little bit and they made you I mean I still like Finn Balor a lot I'm saying I do they, too. but they kind of like wore him down a little bit so he doesn't feel he doesn't feel as strong as he could have been or is it that the presence that isn't is there like it was before when he first came to Raw you're thinking oh hell yeah and then they gave the belt to him, and all of a sudden, because Kevin Owens got injured, you're like, oh, man, this is crazy awesome. And then the injury happened. He came back. I mean, you know, I always bitch about this. Instead of coming back from injury at a freaking televised event on a Raw or SmackDown pay-per-view, he comes back like a night before at a freaking dark match, and they advertise it on WB.com and, and Facebook and everywhere that he came back. But it's not that exciting anymore. I mean, 
and that's you know that's another spiel I always get into. It's always constant um, spoilers and giving away stuff instead of surprising us. Yeah, and and that's all. Again, that goes back to our theories here with rumbling rumors and rumbling reality. You don't get spoilers from us. We don't. We just don't believe it. It's it's. It was something that some of us. And if we have some kind of rumor or spoiler, like on the website, we definitely put you know spoiler alert or you know high rumor. But I even th- I barely do those anymore. It just it's it takes the fun away from being a fan, and that was that was what caused me to stop reading spoilers. That's what caused me to stop looking at spoilers, is because I was like, I'm not I'm not enjoying being surprised anymore. And and I had this talk actually with a couple of the guys that I work with uh, here at WFC locally. You know, there's there's a couple guys that are like, oh, I can read spoilers, and I'm still just as surprised, and and have just as much fun with it to see it when it actually happens, and that's cool that some people can do that. But for me, it just became old because I was like, every time I would do it, it would take a little bit of the excitement away from me. I was like, oh well, I knew this was gonna happen, so it's like, why, why should I get any more excited for it than I did, you know? Um, yeah. But of course, you always have those moments that still they'll catch you off guard. Um, the funny part but is, that, growing up, you used to be the spoiler freaking king. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because I always used to be one. I always. And I used to always get, I used to always get so happen. pissed. We're like watching pay per view or something like that. All the guys, I was like, Travis, don't tell me. And you like want to tell everybody now? Yeah, and it was. It was. It, it just. It's funny how I think Tyler was too. Tyler was a. Uh, Tyler looked him up too. I looked him up once oh, in a yeah. while, but nothing. I don't want to ruin pay per views. Yeah, the older I got, the more I started realizing. Yeah. that it was just that was one of the aspects that I was missing from. From enjoying wrestling. I think that happens a lot. I think when you get older, I think that's a very common thing. You want to be surprised. You you want you work all week. You want that like thing in your life that look forward to. Why ruin it with a uh, you know spoiler? Right, right. Um, with Balor, you know Balor's situation. Godly, we could. I think we could spend probably an entire show on the Balor situation um, because it's maybe just me. I don't think it is though. I'm still a Finn Balor fan. But, man, it just – Dave Meltzer, going back to Meltzer for a second, said it mm-hmm. best. When you start de-booking, if you will, if you start de-pushing people or making them seem like they're not that big of a deal like WWE has done with Finn, at least on a, on several different yep. occasions, yep. then then the fans really do start registering it as, an, yes. oh, this guy's not that big of a deal. At least subconsciously, and, you're right, in the long run, yes. Yeah, and it and it completely pisses me off too because it's That's like a, good a guy way of like actually Balor, putting it. it. Well, it's like a guy like Balor who's obviously a star. You know, he was he was super popular in Japan. He was super popular with NXT. Matter of fact, he I would say he well there ain't no there ain't no doubt about it. He carried that brand for two years. You know. The NXT brand was associated with And honestly, with that Balor. was one of the reasons why I really, st- I honestly, I tune into NXT very consistently with with him on because I really loved Finn Balor that much back in the day. I, mean, I still do, but when he was not NXT, something about him, I really, I, I tuned in for him a lot. I mean, I always did. Those were those are the golden years of NXT when you look back at it. I mean, when you think of the, the I mean, array NXT of isn't bad now, but it's nothing like it was for a while. You know, I feel like it's they're trying, they're, yeah. still, they're trying to find their new groove again, their stars and stuff, but. It, and that's and that's exactly right. That's do you, that is. That do you is almost? It's a weird topic, Travis. But no, no, or, not a weird topic, but that off topic, real quick. Do you? Because I want to stay on this to- topic around for a little bit. Do you think every time we have a Rumble or a after WrestleMania Raw that we're losing too many NXT good too many NXT stars at a time? 
I think we sometimes they they call NXT guys up way too soon. Yeah. Um, and I think I think they don't take advantage of the fact that listen, you you have this third brand. Let's face it, NXT is a third brand. Whether WWE wants to, I know Triple H. You know he he pushes it as just that a third brand. Yeah. Um, well, that's good because you need it. Oh, you know. I think you need you do need that OVW kind of like OVW. What what was the Florida, no? You're right. Was the Florida you're right. It's called? the developmental. Yeah. yeah, you do need that. You do need the guys to have some kind of audience and crowd to get you know whatever. But the only problem I've been seeing with NXT to Raw and SmackDown guy, well, one of the problems at least, is a lot of the fans are already used to them so much on NXT that they don't become at, they don't they don't seem as um, new. Uh, on Raw or SmackDown, uh, so what I'm what I'm kind of say is like something like Elias. Elias was he on NXT for a long time or no, not at all. No, no, no. oh no, he was he See. was there for a while. It's just his his Drifter gimmick. He only did that Drifter gimmick in NXT, I think, for maybe a year. And they didn't maybe. push him a lot, did he? Did they? He was he was on the show, and he but he was more so, especially near the end of the NXT run, he became more of like the the. The comedy figure, not on the lines yeah, of like yeah. a Sixteen okay. Morello type of comedy figure, but they were kind of putting him in ridiculous. But situations. he definitely wasn't as top as he was these days. So right, he wasn't, he always... wasn't like in an NXT title. Picture yeah, type exactly, thing. exactly. Those kind of things were main event stuff. So right. what I am honestly missing uh, from Raw and SmackDown, like I was growing up, is the fact that you have this brand new star on Raw and SmackDown you've never seen before. Like, not on NXT, you know, maybe on Indies, but a lot of people don't watch Indies, don't have a way to watch Indies, they don't have enough time, whatever it is. So when they're on Raw or SmackDown, almost kind of like similar to Elias, where they're not that as, they're not like a Gargano or a Finn Balor or a Shinsuke, they're not as pushed on NXT, it feels almost brand new to an audience. And it's like, <laughs> oh, so you have this whole brand new run, style, and different things you gotta get used to, and I kind of miss that. I kind of miss that whole whole new guy coming in and being totally new to me well and the problem also that we have because uh, the, the developmental era, <laughs> nxt was always meant to be just yeah, a developmental type of situation yeah. i don't think i don't think they ever really intended on NXT. i don't think vince I don't did think, i think triple h did. i was about to say i don't think vince intended on nxt to to come into what it is now and triple h has I mean, I give Triple H as much props as I, as I possibly can with NXT because that was probably the most genius thing that he's done thus far. He turned a developmental program and a crap show that WWE created called NXT in the ashes of ECW, mm -hmm. their stupid rendition of that. And he was like, you know what? And this is what I always wanted NXT to be. He turned it into what I always thought it would be and should have been instead of that stupid reality show concept that they originally started with. And he created a different brand that had new stars that you had either never seen before or you maybe had heard about because, like you said, they were on an indie level, but they hadn't reached WWE just yet. Yeah. Um, he turned it into that, and it became a success. And a huge success at that. And yeah. now the issue is is that you've turned this thing that was something that was only developmental into another brand that now hardcore fans like you or myself, we love watching it. And then like you said, when they come to the main roster, I'm still excited to see them. Yeah. But you've got to remember the main roster is filled with with fans, mainly kids and women, who probably have never watched NXT 
that have no idea who these guys are, no idea why there's people cheering them. So they don't really, especially Vince being at the forefront of it, they don't really have a chance to understand who this person is. You don't really get vignettes anymore when you think about it uh, that build up to a guy's debut. When was the last time you saw that? Because yeah. I don't recall and seeing that, it on That's WWE. what I'm missing. That's honestly, I think that's the formula they're missing. They stay, they're trying to stick with this whole, the guys are working NXT, they're getting popular, it's their time to be pushed on Raw or SmackDown. But I think you've already done so much of them at NXT, personally, that at least a lot of the hardcore audience who does watch all the shows, does buy merchandise more often, those kind of things, they're already kind of done or over with them because, number one, they're not pushed consistently. That'd be a different story. But, right. but I'm saying, like, I'm really missing that vignette to say, uh, you know, this new guy is coming here, you know, on whatever, in October 10th or whatever it is, be ready for him. He's going to take the whatever storm. And, you know, you know that Jericho kind of feeling, the countdown clock, they don't have that stuff anymore. It's everything that's always like, I don't know. No, yeah, I mean, I get where you're. I get what you're saying because I'm, I'm right there with you. And the fact that I just think, I think WWE's kind of lost, uh, to a certain degree, they've lost the art of, of a debut. They've lost the art of yep. building up somebody. Definitely, you know. Um, and they do like it well said, NXT, but I almost feel like that NXT process needs to rehappen or happen on Raw or SmackDown because you have all these audiences, this whole the general population, the gen pop, does maybe doesn't watch NXT because if they did, NXT's numbers and views would be and ratings would be as high as Raw and SmackDown, correct? So you have all these people that watch Raw and SmackDown, especially over the world, who never even watch NXT, are never able to connect or build with this new Finn Balor character, this new Ty Dillinger character, this new Lars Sullivan character, whoever's going to come in the future. They're not able to build that relationship or whatever with them or that in their mind because they don't know much about them, how they speak, how they talk. If you watch beforehand, awesome. But they don't build that. They don't build that anymore in Raw and SmackDown. They assume you're going to know who it is. Right, and that may and that may be exactly the problem. And they get the chance. They get the chance because it's some new guy, and everybody wants to bandwagon and just chant and say ten or whatever. But when you start having them do matches and stuff, people start not getting into it because they don't know who this guy is. Exactly, and it's. That goes back to what we were saying that got us all, uh, on the topic to begin with. Um, Cody Rhodes did a Q&A earlier this week. That's a good person, and I read, I read some of this, but yeah, tell us. He, uh, Somebody had asked if uh, Vince does – essentially if Vince does kind of pick and choose his favorites and decelerate people and things like that. And Cody flat out said – this is from Cody Rhodes. So, I mean, he's he's an independent guy now. So he's not being controlled by WWE. He's not being told what to say. This is him coming out and saying it himself. Um, he's like, really, it's hard for people to – I think it's hard for people to accept this. But there's people that don't really work as hard to do what they should once they reach a certain level. He's like, myself included. You know, Stardust oh, okay. was what it was, mm-hmm. but – Stardust never really evolved. It never changed from what it. There was nothing to really go off of. He said. Plus, I got real lazy. So, um, I can see that kind of gimmick getting lazy. I mean, I, I mean, I can see that kind of gimmick wearing on somebody because in the long run, you're not taken seriously. You're not given high, high profile matches. There's not really. You know, there's too many uh, missing steps in the ladder. You know. I mean, sure, but in the same sentence, like I said, when you have a guy like Cody now, who's who's at this point now, 
there's no question about it, is at a high point in his career, probably the highest it's been, period. Yeah. Uh, when he comes out and actually sticks up for Vince McMahon and the WWE and is like, hey, it's it might be hard to believe for some of you, but at the end of the day, uh, there's people who are in control of their own destiny and they don't control it like they should. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So, so I mean, we don't we don't know the full story all the time. I, mean, I think. We, can you name any more guys off your head? Because I sure can. Can you name any more guys on the roster on Raw or SmackDown right now that have gotten pops that definitely have deserve a push? I mean, last like couple of years, I never got it. I can name tons. Oh, I'm sure. I mean. If we were again, we could probably sit here for hours and just, you know, go back and forth and think of guys that should have done this or should have done that. Um, I mean, Zach Ryder comes to mind right off the bat. Yeah, that's a good one. Zach Ryder should have been one of the most popular guys, in my opinion. Should still be one of the most popular. I'm guys. so I'm so awed by that because I mean, I'm not a giant fan of Zach Ryder, but he has the look and he has the drive, motivation. He's a huge wrestling fan. And, and uh, you know he just when he works hard for it, it's just odd because you see guys that do do things right, you know, but that right. are never pushed. It's odd. And he's not bad on the mic. I don't really love his style. I don't like old Jersey kind of thing. But it, it wasn't you know I like Jersey. I'm saying my sister lives there. But I'm saying uh, <laughs> I've been there before. But I'm saying it doesn't really like it doesn't relate with me. But I, I don't mind it. But I'm saying I just don't get it honestly. It's it. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard really to. To really get what that character, I think, is supposed to go. I think there's a certain point where that character can only go so far. Um, but then you make him evolve. Look at Mojo Rawley. You know, you can evolve. Well, that's that's exactly what I was about to get to. Was you look at Mojo, who, quite frankly, in my opinion, I don't see being a champion. And you never really liked to begin with. I mean, he was he's cool. He's got a fun gimmick, or at least the hype gimmick. It's like a fun. Bailey gimmick almost for a guy. Yeah, you know, I that's. That's another good point, by the way, because everybody thought Bailey was going to come out and be this huge, huge diva or female wrestler, if you will, on the main roster because of the way she was in NXT. And you look at it now, and she's mm-hmm. uh, she's somebody that you can throw right into that conversation of being like, man, NXT guys who were hugely popular mm-hmm. that literally have turned to nothing on the main roster. And it's very odd, isn't it? That's so crazy. Bailey's a good one. You're right. Bailey's a good one. And one yeah. person I want to say really quick is Christian. Sorry. I'm always a yeah. Christian fan. Well, Christian was always a good worker. And then it, it, this is hard to believe even of itself, but apparently Vince never really liked how Christian looked. Literally looked. What? Yeah. His, oh, like he didn't like I his face. It. He didn't like his face to the point where there was a gimmick idea that was actually discussed. Thank God it never happened. But where they would put a blue dot on Christian's face during his matches. God, I can't handle this. It's just like, I just, <laughs> what the hell? I hope that's just a rumor. That's, re- that's no, a, it's true. Vince has the weirdest problems with people. I swear. Well, you're talking about a guy who once pitched an insta angle for him and his daughter. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just <laughs> this is. This is a good topic. I can go. This is a pretty fun. Get, let's come back to this topic because honestly, it's probably going to be our head headliner for the title for the show. So <laughs> I'll be right back, guys. Hey, guys. This is Ramsey. If you're liking what you're hearing today on Rumbling Reality, don't be afraid to give us a good comment. Give us a five star on the podcast app you're using. 
If you love wrestling, uh, go to rumblingrumors.com. There's tons of wrestling stuff there for you. And if you want to talk to me or Travis, go on Twitter, WWE Ramsey or Travis Falhark. Uh, that's all I got to say. Back to the show, guys. All right, we're back, Travis. So I want to continue a little bit on this topic. And uh, uh, there was one guy I was going to bring up as of recently, but I completely just forgot. It just took my mind. Oh, man. As a guy or a girl, somebody on the roster right now who is not freaking pushed correctly and should be. Not Dolph Ziggler, because I, I say that all the freaking time. And I, yeah. You know I'm a big Dolph Ziggler guy, but there's another. Well, Matt Hardy, we can go on for a long time, but we talked about that before, too. Dang, hold on. There's a. Uh... Oh, Cesaro. Okay. We never, went, we never went in depth about Cesaro. You know how many freaking uh, times Cesaro has gotten over and has not actually been pushed correctly? I, there's been so many times now I can count where Cesaro gets a new gimmick and it's over with the crowd and then gets deep pushed or something. Even with the well, even with the recent tooth thing, he got more chance for his tooth stuff than he got than half the roster got with their normal gimmicks. Yeah, well, and you know what's what's interesting about Cesaro is he goes he's the constant professional. Is I know. he anything he's given, he doesn't bitch about it. He doesn't complain. He's just like, all right, this is what I'm given, so I need to run with it. Yeah. And he does, and it and it works. Like, it, I really think they could have gotten more out of the Paul Heyman thing, and they just gave out. They yes. gave up on that way too quick. Yep. Um, that's just my opinion. Because um, I think had had they stuck with the Paul Heyman, uh, the Paul Heyman gimmick, and let him be a Paul Heyman guy, I think I think we would be talking about Cesaro as a huge single star at this point. Yeah. Um, I I honestly do think if they would have just stuck with it. But instead, I think they think it was falling flat after about a couple months or so, and then they sure just why. decided to can it. Well, I mean, I get why. Why? Because yeah, there was a couple instances where I was like, first off, his theme music sucked, and they needed to change that, and they still didn't, and they still don't. <laughs> um, but I think they just they felt like it was going stale, and they weren't really giving it enough time. They weren't giving it enough momentum, but. I don't know if it's just me, mm -hmm. and yeah, this is kind of going off the Cesaro topic, not intentionally, but it yeah, kind of just goes into what we're saying. Um, I don't think it's just me anymore, but I think WWE is just really starting to lose its fan base. Like Jim Cornette said it on his podcast, is I really do think WWE is starting to just push their fans away because they're not doing anything at all. There's nothing different the shows are the exact same they're boring there's not really any kind of excitement except for one or two shows a year and more than likely it's just the shows after wrestlemania um yeah there's just there's i don't think wwe really gives a damn i think they stopped trying is what they did they know they're the big game in town they know that nobody's going to reach their level at, at least for a while, nobody's going to reach to their level, and I think they got lazy. I think I think that's exactly the problem is they've they've gotten complacent. And I I agree with that. I think that's what, one of the reasons you know competition was what makes these kind of things more, you know, makes the writing staff and different people have to think more creatively. So, mm -hmm. you know what I found interesting is I read this earlier this week, and you may have seen it too. Um, the reason they brought Ronda Rousey in. Did you, did yes, you see that? please tell everybody, yes. 
It is the most. Uh, and I believe it. I do too. I freaking believe and it. I do too. And it's. Let her well, explain to everybody why they're supposedly bringing in Ronda Rousey. So Ronda Rousey, supposedly, and we're and we're gonna stay we're gonna stay optimistic here and just say supposedly. <laughs> yeah, say it was, yeah, for real. <laughs> while we while we believe something else to be true. <laughs> We're gonna. I'll keep optimism at its at its high right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, as it stands, from recent reports, uh, from again Dave Meltzer, and people wonder why I, I speak on Dave Meltzer so much. I'm sorry. He's known. He's looked at as being a king in this industry for uh, news being accurate. So take it with what you will. But Ronda Rousey has been brought in to uh, basically upscale one specific person's image to a mainstream audience. Now, some people would think, oh, maybe Charlotte, because Charlotte is Charlotte Flair. You know, why not make her? No. Okay, well, then people are thinking maybe Asuka, because Asuka's had this undefeated streak, but they mm-hmm. want to put her in, in as, as, like, the head of their female division. No, no, it's not her. Um, fortunately, it's not Nikki Bella either, just for those of you that are thinking Nikki. Of all people... Stephanie McMahon is who Ronda Rousey has been brought in to put and raise her level to a mainstream audience. Mm-hmm. The The idea behind this is they want it to be a similar situation for what Austin and McMahon did because the thought process was Stone Cold was popular but he didn't ever really get over until he started working with Vince McMahon. Which I just want to stop to for a second that. there. Yeah. I want to stop just for a quick second and say that is the most asinine statement I that I think anybody could ever make. That being said, Stephanie McMahon is no Vince McMahon, and this is not going to work. Period. It's Why don't you think it's stu- going to work? Because it's stupid. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon is no, or she is no. Despite your, what your, co- your coffee's kicking in. My what? Your coffee's kicking in a little bit. Well, no, my pissed office <laughs> is kicking in is okay. what it is. I mean, st- really? You're bringing in Ronda freaking Rousey, who's who's got a lot of success under her belt. You know, um, I don't care what anybody wants to say in regards to her MMA career um, and how it's suppo- how it seemingly has ended. Uh, speaking from an MMA fan's perspective, yeah, there's a different way it could have been handled, but I digress, and that's for a different topic. But coming in, Ronda Rousey is a wrestling fan. She gets it. She understands what wrestling is. She's always been a fan. And you're wanting to bring her in to, quote, unquote, just raise the stock value for mainstream of one of your principal owners of the WWE? What in the hell are you thinking? Like, Stephanie McMahon is not Vince. She's not her father. She's never going to be her father. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I think this is a very sad attempt at doing it. And it is only continuing to try to keep a spotlight on the McMahons and really take focus away from where you could put it on others that are better than she is. Because Stephanie's not an in-ring talent. You know, she, she wrestled a few times back in the Attitude Era. She's had what? one match since Mm -hmm. coming back as an on-screen character and that was against brie bella in a decent outing yeah she's got a good physique and she keeps up with it but beyond that what is special about her 
I like seriously, and you. I and I truly mean that. And I'm not trying to be an ass about it because back in the day, and I have said it numerous times, Stephanie McMahon was hot as could be. Like I thought she was. Yeah, there's a lot of hot girls. Doesn't mean they deserve to be in the in the ring. Right, but that goes to exactly what you said there. Just because you look a certain way doesn't mean you deserve certain things. You know. Yeah. And I'm sorry. You're already part of the company. You're already part of the family that runs the company. Why do you need to – why? Like why is this important to you? You're not going to be your father, and this is not going to be anything anywhere close to being Austin versus McMahon. Nowhere close to it. And as a matter of fact, I found it interesting too, again, her trying to keep a spotlight on herself. Mm-hmm. She's the one that announces the Women's Royal Rumble I by know. just simply coming out and breaking kayfabe. And it's just like, hey, ladies, all you heels and good guys are in the ring here. By the way, you're going to have your first ever Royal Rumble match. And, yeah, that deserves a yes chant and this and that. Um, (laughs) And then, not only that, but you then are putting yourself on commentary of the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, For some reason, you're going in and out of the audio. Okay, My bad. There you go. There we go. But why, why would you keep... Why would you put yourself on uh, on commentary for that? I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I don't understand why she's on commentary. At the very least, like bring Lita out because she's not even a part of it. So let's bring her out and commentate. Right. Or not, 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 not a part of it. I meant the, somebody that wasn't a part of it. Because she sucked. I'm sorry. She was bad. I mean, like, it was nothing special for sure. I was like, oh, why is she on nope. here? Yeah, I'm like, you're wasting time. Like, You know, I can honestly see, see that whole rapport and the whole thing be true. I really can. I can see that's the reason why they're, they're paying the, all this money to bring her here and stuff. Because obviously the girl loves wrestling. If you go to my go to our uh, Rumbling Rumors YouTube, you know, I said she deserves a chance in wrestling. She's always loved wrestling and stuff. But I think WWE has ulterior motives from why they're bringing her in here, obviously. And let's see. So, yeah, it's not – so, yeah – I don't know. We have a little skip up there. So I don't know. I just feel like Ronda deserves a chance, but I feel like you know to prove herself, if she could be something, if she loves wrestling, that'd be awesome to see her perform. But I feel like if you're gonna be pushing some girl or woman who's never really had a professional wrestling match in her life all the way to the top, kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kind of real ulterior motive involved there. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. It's it's. She has the star power. I get it. She has the people she's bringing in. I get that too. I don't mind Ronda Rousey, super hot, and she can actually fight in real life, which makes me think in my mind, oh, well, at least I know if she's in the ring, in my mind, she could really beat somebody's ass, kind of like uh, you see Brock Lesnar, not super amazing wrestler, but you think, man, remember that you see that um, that clip on the Rumble when uh, Braun Strowman got like punched as hard as hell by Lesnar in real life? Oh, yeah, and it was it was only delivered because right before that, he delivered a knee straight to the side of But Brock I don't Lesnar's think that's, – see, that's the thing with Brock Lesnar, though. I'm pretty sure that just shit just happens in wrestling all the time, I'm sure. And Brock Lesnar, being unsportsmanlike, go, does it back at him. I'm pretty sure Braun, just being the big old guy he is, didn't mean to go that hard, honestly. No, and, and as a matter of fact, Braun did an interview – of course, you know. I saw that interview. Of course, he's in the interview because he wants to make sh- sure, you know, because Brock Lesnar has a lot of pull. And I, and I heard if he does not want to work with somebody, he does not want to work with somebody. He won't. Right, but that, but at the same time, uh, Lesnar wasn't like putting him over necessarily. Yeah, yeah. What he said, what he specifically said was, you know, we we work in a physical sport. You know, yeah. it's, it is what it is. You know, sometimes you're in there and 
things happen. You know, it's like this isn't tennis. You know, <laughs> stuff yeah. happens. So you know, it is what it is. You saw what happened, yeah. and you know, we we delivered a shot, and yeah, it's it was it is what it is. So um, it makes me wonder if there might be any heat for Lesnar. Like maybe there's that's kind of what I was thinking. Maybe there's some beef between uh, Strowman and Lesnar, maybe. But that's not that's kind of scary, though. Because there were two guys that are actually could do some real damage if they got mad at each other. It's not like a Brock Lesnar, you know, doing that crap like an AJ Styles. I mean, I would feel, I feel like Braun could hold his own. Oh, I do too. And, you know, if you don't have those fancy UFC rules, you could do some cheap shots and stuff. Braun's bigger than Lesnar. And I think I'm pretty sure Braun works out more consistently than Lesnar right now, too. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm thinking it's maybe something similar to the same case. That'd be a good um, fight, damn for damn sure. Oh, that is that's a hundred percent accurate. I don't. I doubt we can I, go the butterbean route and make it a real fight. Do what? We can go like the butterbean route and make it a real true real fight at pay per view. Put some gloves on. Oh man, <laughs> man, I'll never forget that little fight. Yeah, man. gosh. I felt so bad for Bart Gunn there. It was like, I know. Oh my god. <laughs> that poor guy. I mean. Bart Gunn goes in there, wins the brawl for all, literally knocks out all these tough dudes uh, that we've seen in WWE, knocks them out clean, like for real, knocks them out. And that's another thing, by the way, I want to say is the brawl for all was revolutionary because it was, it really was. When you really think about it, brawl, the way the brawl for all was structured, when I go back and watch it now, like WWE, they diss it so much, like they diss their own things so much. Um, but they were really the forerunners for what became modern. They should bring it back. That'd be awesome, honestly. I don't care. That sounds fun. It was just it was interesting because you look back at the rules that they had and what they were trying to accomplish there. They were basically doing what we know now as modern mixed martial arts. You're right. Like it, it wasn't saying these guys are martial artists. I'm yeah, not yeah, saying oh, yeah, that. Yeah. But the way the rules were structured were very similar to what MMA stru- uh, rules are structured now. So... I think that always ended up getting a lot more heat than what it should have. I thought it was a great idea for that time. So yeah. that's a fun, that's a fun little topic we got on there. <laughs> so what other what other news we can talk about a little more before we uh, end this show today? I'm trying to think what else happened this week. Um, uh, Matt Hardy officially owns the entire Broken Universe. So going to this, do you personally think he should? become this Awoken character for a little bit longer, but start getting beat up more often, I guess, and then finally become truly broken? I would love it, personally. Well, first off, I don't think we'll ever fully see... I don't think we'll see the broken Matt Hardy. I think we'll just, we'll always see Woken. I think Vince has already lost his appeal for him now. Well, I do too, but that goes back to, again, you're dealing with a bunch of writers that weren't really fans to begin with. Yeah, that's true. So, Which is weird, because you would think if you're a creative writer for a rest, uh, the ma- the most major wrestling company, you think you have such passion about wrestling and the art of wrestling, no Colt Cabana pun intended, you would think that you'd watch indie stuff, watch TNA or Impact stuff, you'd think you'd watch other things just uh, growing up and just follow people to like, I don't know. I mean, you would think. Are you, you doing laundry over there? Would... What the hell are you doing over there, Travis? Yeah, you would. Th- I, I already. I closed the door. <laughs> I threw a load. In. Let me. Yeah, I know. Ooh, that sounds nasty. And I know. Anyway, his hands. Anyway, um, yeah, you would think that you would want to be a, a fan 
like you said, working for the biggest wrestling company in the world, but yet that's not what we get. You know, we get these no no nonsense uh, soap opera star, uh, writers that don't know what it is sometimes to be in a real fight, as CM Punk said again on coincidentally on Colt Cabana's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm sure that they're like, oh, somebody makes. You stole my joke. Yeah, you're a. You're not going to get a push, or you're not going to get this or that, and things like that. People that know nothing about the business, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the sad part. Yeah. Is that all these people, and I'll and I'll throw this. Bring bring, bring back Freddie Prince Jr. His shit was better. Do what? Said bring back Freddie Prince Jr. His stuff was really good. Freddie Prince was yeah, extremely good. I'm and like, you know come why? on. You know why? Because he was a fan. Obviously, because stuff he wrote obviously got during that time period when he was writing. I still enjoyed wrestling. Well, and the thing is, is he was writing. He was a writer for WWE during the 2010 era, which was the shit, the very shitty era. You can remember how that was. The best thing we had out of that was the Nexus. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if Freddie Prince Jr. can write things that are relevant and as a fan they get over um, during the most crap time in WWE why wouldn't you want that guy back oh yeah I mean it was unbelievable when I found out that he was writing for them but then I know me too I was like what but then when you dove a little deeper into it and realized how much of a fan of wrestling he actually was you were like whoa okay so we actually have some hope here like, there's a little glimmer of hope here. Here's a guy who's exactly what the WWE's looking for in regards to somebody who is from Hollywood that was a writer himself for Hollywood. But guess what? He just so happens to be a fan. Yeah. So, so he knows the product. He knows wrestling. It's not like he's never seen a wrestling match a day in his life. And it's not like he's, not unfam- it's not like he's unfamiliar with the product. Yeah. So he knows what he's t- what he's doing, and he understands why he's writing the way he does. And and these guys these days do not know how to push somebody consistently for their life if their life depended on it. I mean, God, I don't know. I mean, even I loved Kevin Owens so much. Still love Kevin Owens. One of my favorite guys right now. But even Kevin Owens, as much as he's kind of being on the forefront right now, he's been de-pushed so many times and in stuff that made no sense that he doesn't seem like a big star as he once was. I mean, there's so many guys. Oh yeah, you can make this argument for a ton of it. I mean, do you know how you know how high and mighty and uh, how much traction Kevin Owens had for a while? Man, he was the hottest heel for a while. I mean, and then for some reason, I'm not sure what happened. What happened in the? Well, I mean, I know what happened. I'm pretty sure after the WrestleMania match, they said you know Vince wasn't very pleased with him. It just it just feels like the there's no way Stone Cold never had a bad match. There's no way The Rock never had a bad match. I, you know, there's no way. I know they I know they've have. So it's oh, just funny that Vince de-pushes guys once they have a bad match at a prominent show. It just it amazes me. Well, this goes back to what I was saying beforehand about um, the situation that we have now is WWE knows how popular they are. They know mm-hmm. Uh, they know what they are. They are the guy in town. There's they are the guy. There. That's the problem. Yeah. They, when you know you're the guy, you don't work that hard. I love Roman yeah. Reigns, just saying. I do what? I love Roman Reigns, I'm just saying. No, but it's right. It's That's that's a great, that's great to say that because it's true. Mm-hmm. You don't, you won't work as hard. WWE 
was at its best in the Attitude Era, and the Attitude Era is so highly looked on because of the fact that we had great stories. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Yeah, the, the wrestling itself, let's face it, when you look back at some of those Attitude Era matches, they're not that great. I mean, there's, there's a lot of wrestling that went on in there that absolutely sucked. But it was the stories that kept you coming back. It was the characters that kept you coming back. Oh, yeah, back. definitely. This day and age, we don't hardly get any of the two. <laughs> I know. We'll be, happy, so, we'll be happy if we get a good storyline we, we actually truly want for maybe a month. Yeah, like the the the, Balor, the reuniting of Balor Club, love it, still do, and yet I feel like it's falling so flat. Because I know like, it really is. I don't know why, and I still, I mean, I still like I said, like you just said, I still love it. It's just something about it. It's, it's something about it. Whether they make it, didn't they lose some really prominent match on Raw? Yeah, and that's that's another issue. I'm like, too, my by God, the way. come on. That is that is an issue that's been brought up by Dave Meltzer, by Brian Alvarez. By so many other guys that are well-known journalists in professional wrestling that Vince, for whatever reason over the last decade or so, has adopted this theory that 50-50 booking is okay. And I get where – What does that mean? People don't know. So for Little Wrestling Insider, 50-50 booking means you win some, you lose some. That's essentially what it means. If you look back at Stone Cold's rise, Stone Cold rarely ever lost. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. That means that's not 50-50 booking. When you are literally trying to build up a star, for instance, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman has not had a 50-50 booking. Braun Strowman has been booked as a dominant player the whole time. He rarely loses. You know what I mean? And that's it's, how you make, make stars. Exactly. That's, that's how you develop a star, right? Undertaker's the exact same example. Yeah. Back in the early 90s when he first debuted, he rarely lost a match. Mm-hmm. So you created it just, a star. It's kind of common sense, though, isn't it? <laughs> you know, like your top guy should be strong enough, witty enough, smart enough to keep winning matches. Exactly. And the problem that they are in, enveloping is that they adopted this philosophy. Somebody pitched it to them that 50-50 booking is okay because Finn Balor is a prime example of that. Balor comes back. You should be booking this dude on a hot streak, mm-hmm. not saying that oh, he can't God. lose. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that he. I'm not saying he can't lose a match. Yeah, I get it. But he he needs to be. If he's going to be looked at as an important player, then you need to make him important. You can't have him lose half the time. Yeah, you have to have him win almost all the time. And that's where fifty fifty booking has come in. Is that you look at Finn Balor? He'll go on a hot streak for like two weeks. The reuniting of Balor Club is a prime example. The first week that they put them back together, he won the six-man tag match. The following week, he's in a singles match. He won the singles match. The very next week, he loses the one-on-one match clean. You can't do that because automatically it halts the momentum. You can have him lose the match, but by God, have him lose it by DQ. Exactly, yeah. Those are the ways you can have the other guy win the matches. That's so true. DQ, I mean, oh, I don't know. And peep, I should add, I should include The Miz in our topic earlier too. The Miz is one of those guys that has had a push in the past, but definitely has had points where he should have been pushed way, way, way harder when he got the fans again and never got pushed again. And he's kind of at this middle ground where you know he's something special compared to the other guys but he's kind of just stuck in this box. He's not able to get out of the IC title or whatever it is. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Travis. Well, since we're doing this on Saturdays, I have a shorter time period to edit this and put it up before it works. So I got to cut it about a couple minutes short. Sorry, Travis. I know you love really long shows and all that good stuff because I always jinx ourselves. But whatever. Um, if you want to find me, oh, should I, how do we always start this? I always forget after all this many years. I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead. I'll just. I'll do I always do? I always start off saying, if you want to find me. Yeah, but but then you always lead into you know what Travis you close it out. So, uh, <laughs> I know that should yeah. actually be the gimmick by itself. Yeah, right. So <laughs> let's let's try this again. Back no, no, that's how it goes. I it's know. Me, that's what it's I'm me. Forget. We're gonna back up. We're gonna rewind, <laughs> yeah. and now you're just gonna say your line. So if you want to find me, not uh, no. <laughs> what line? Oh, Leave Travis takes out. No, the whole. Wait, was it? It's just simply. Travis, take us out. No, the whole point is, the whole point of our outro is I forget, or I forget how we do it each time, and we have to do this part, and then I do that part. Oh okay, Travis, God. just take us out. Thank you. So, you want to talk to Ramsey or myself on Twitter, you can find Ramsey at WWE Ramsey. You can find me at Travis underscore Falhark. You can go find Rumbling Rumors on Facebook and Twitter. Please do us a favor, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Remember to go and visit rumblingrumors.com for all your latest wrestling news and headlines and free wallpapers designed by the Ramsey man himself. Yep. And as always, take care. I don't know what else to say about your hair. All right, guys. You all have a good day. See you. Enjoy the weekend. And until next time. Good bye mm. and good night. Bang! <laughs>